Take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to the book of Exodus, if you would. Exodus chapter 13. In Exodus chapter 13, Israel has just escaped Egypt. Pharaoh has let them go. Uh, they, uh, God... Uh, caused them to have plague upon plague upon plague, and finally they got the picture, and they realized that they needed to let Israel go. Israel was then led from Egypt uh, to a place that ended up being a dead end, and uh, that was the Red Sea. Then God miraculously opened up the Red Sea, allowed them to go through on dry ground. And then after they had been through, of course, Pharaoh and his army followed. They got right about in the middle of the sea, and God took that whole thing and folded it back in, made the, made the, the bottom muddy again, uh, just, just destroyed Pharaoh's army. In fact, Pharaoh and his army, all of them, all perished uh, in that, in that uh, event. And... Uh, but it, it just seems as though that after God allowed them to leave Egypt, there was just one thing after another after another that seemed to hit them. Uh, you know, they, they, as soon as they came out, they came up against the Red Sea. And uh, that, was a, that was a roadblock. Uh, after that, they had... Uh, they had water to drink, but they had a need for water to drink. They found water, but it was bitter. And it just seemed like there was one, one thing after another after another. I was uh, prompted by the Lord to preach this message this morning because I felt like that has been happening within the last, I don't know, three or four weeks, just before Christmas started. We started getting news of, of some deaths, of some sicknesses, of difficulties of not only folks here in this church, but also uh, friends and so forth that we have. We just got word last night that some missionaries, they're on their, their way back to the field. And uh, uh, in the process, they found out that his father had just passed away. Uh, just, and, and just one thing after another, not all deaths, uh, but, but uh, just different circumstances, dif difficult situations. What, what, what I would call rough roads. <laughs> and uh, uh, one of the things I want us to look at this morning is, is uh, why is it that sometimes God leads us down these rough roads? And that's exactly what God did with Israel. He, did, he could have taken them an easy way, but he, he took them the more difficult way. And uh, we see that in verses 17 and 18. Stand with me if you would, and if your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, allow them to look on with you. But in verses 17 and 18 of Exodus 13, it says, And it, it came to pass, when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest peradventure the people repent, when they see war and they return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the, the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land 
of Egypt. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we pray that, that uh, you would speak to our hearts and that you would minister to your people as only you can. Father, uh, uh, there, there, there's some hearts out there that are torn a little bit this morning, are uh, sad this morning, are uh, worked up a little bit because of different situations that are occurring in people's lives. And yet, Father, you are not distant from any of those situations. In fact, you're right smack dab in the middle of those things. And there is a rhyme, there is a reason, there is a purpose. Help us to see that purpose this morning as we study a little bit about the, the uh, Israelites and their, their uh, flee from Egypt and why you led them the way that you did. Because, Lord, the truth of the matter is you lead us in a similar fashion. So God, help us to, help us to uh, get a blessing from your book. Help us to be attentive to the Holy Spirit this morning uh, as he speaks to us through your word. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I don't usually like to have long titles, but the title of my message this morning is, is Why Does God Lead Us Down Long rough roads. And that's exactly what he did with, with Israel. He didn't lead them to take the shortest route. He could have done that. In fact, he says that even in the passage. Verse, verse 17, it says, and it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. So that would have been shorter. For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war, and they returned to Egypt, but God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And uh, he took, took them over 100 miles out of the way. Now, you know, we say 100 miles. Well, that's not very far. That's, that's uh, somewhere between, uh, from here to somewhere between uh, Buffalo and Rochester. Yeah, but not in a car, okay? Not in a, not in a vehicle. Uh, they were on, these people were on foot. And, uh, and, and there weren't just a few of them, okay? There was any, right around probably about 2 million people on foot, anywhere from 1 to 4. We're not exactly sure of the exact number. But there was many, literally millions of people that were walking on foot. And so that, that makes it even more complicated. But the providence of God, one of the things we, we need to understand is the providence of God doesn't always make sense to us. Now, it always makes sense to God because he knows the big picture. He knows the beginning and the ending and everything in between. Uh, we don't know any of those things. We might, we might know a little bit about the beginning, but as far as the in-between and the ending, we really don't know. And all the reasons and whys and wherefores behind it, we don't know either. Uh, we need to be very, very careful of determining uh, what's right uh, by circumstances. God doesn't want us to do that. We need to, we need to trust him. We need to rely on him. And uh, trouble is something that God uses in the Christian life. And it, not only does he use it, but it is absolutely necessary uh, in the Christian life. And so because of that, uh, let's take a look at some of the reasons why God 
chose to take them the long and the hard way rather than the near and the easy way. First of all, uh, near or convenient isn't always what God wants. It, it isn't always uh, the answer. Uh, first mention of the word near, if you, if you take your Bibles with me, uh, turn with me to uh, the book of Genesis chapter 12, verse 11. This is the description of, of uh, Abraham after he has left his homeland and followed the Lord and doing what the Lord would have him to do. In verse, uh, in verse uh, 11, verse 11, uh, look with me in verse 10. It says, and there was a, a, a famine in the land after he had traveled for a while. There was a famine in the land, and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. And it came to pass, when he was come near to enter into Egypt, that he said unto Sarai his wife, Behold, now I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon, and so forth and so on. And he said, Don't tell him that I'm your husband. Tell him you're my sister. And... Uh, he did all that because there was a famine in the land. Now, understand this. God never told him to go to Egypt. He did that on his own. He didn't wait for instructions from God. He just went. He thought, you know, he looked at the circumstances and, say, and, and basically thought, you know, circumstances dictate that I go into a, a place where there is no famine. Well, that isn't what God wanted. So he went near. He went someplace that God did not necessarily want him to go. And that's a, that, that's a situation we need to be very, very careful of when circumstances take place in our lives. Sometimes it's, it's easy to take the convenient choice rather than suffer the consequences of just staying right where you are. Um, I understand that we live in a, a state that's high-taxed, that uh, is oppressive at times, uh, in fact, a lot of times. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of negative things about the state of New York. Uh, it, governmentally, okay, the people, I love the people of the state of New York. I was, I was born and raised in Rochester. Um, I, 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 I get a little put out when, when folks say, well, uh, this circumstance and this circumstance and this circumstance is here, so we're moving. Well, are you sure that's what God wants you to do? Make sure that you know that God's in it and that it's not you just responding to circumstances. And whether it be that or whether it be anything else in your life, uh, you, we need to be so very, very careful because sometimes the convenient thing to do is not the thing that God wants us to do. And that was the case with, uh, with Abraham. Uh, it was a convenient thing to do, but it wasn't what God wanted him to do. Uh, look at another verse with me, a uh, passage. Go to uh, 1 Kings chapter 12. Keep your finger here in Exodus, but go to 1 Kings 12. <coughs> 1 Kings chapter 12. And Israel has divided, has split. It's split into two kingdoms. It split into the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, into Judah and, and uh, Israel. And uh, verses 25 through 29, verse uh, 25 says, Then Jeroboam, who was king, uh, built Shechem in Mount Ephraim, 
and dwelt therein and went out from thence and built Penuel and Jeroboam and uh, said in his heart, now uh, shall the kingdom return to the house of David. If, if this people go up to do sacrifice in the, the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then shall the heart of this people turn again unto their, uh, unto their Lord, even unto Rehoboam, king of Judah, and they shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam, king of, of Judah. Whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold and said unto them, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold, thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And he set the one in Bethel, and the other put he in Dan. Now, why did he pick Bethel and Dan? They were close. They were near. They were convenient. And he made, Jeroboam made worship convenient and easy. Uh, we need to be very, very careful about, about that which is convenient and that which is easy. Um, I have a, a, right now, kind of a, kind of a love-hate relationship with our live stream. And, and let me tell you why. Because uh, what I found that the, the live stream does is causes some folks who ought to be in church, instead of being in church, they sit at home and they, they watch the services. Now, I'm sorry, that's, you know, I actually had somebody a couple of years ago uh, brag to me about how faithful they were to our church services because they turned on their TV set every Sunday. I'm sorry, that's not church. Now, it's a, it's a good substitute if you're sick and if you, if, you can't, if you can't come. And I understand that. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing those that, that uh, uh, are, are watching out of necessity. But, but I know for a fact there's some folks that just are too lazy to get out of bed, and so they, they watch a service, whether it be our church or somebody else's. And uh, uh, that convenience will do more harm to you than it will do good. Not only that, but you can't be a blessing to others. Uh, you know, when, when folks don't attend a service, for whatever reason, it doesn't have to be live stream, it could be any reason. Uh, when you don't attend a service, uh, you're not fulfilling the job that you have to exhort one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. It's not just your, your bodily presence there, although that isn't bad either. Uh, that can be an encouragement to someone, just to see someone's smiling face and just to, to uh, have someone shake their hand in the morning and let them know that they're glad they're there. That can be an encouragement to them. But, uh, but understand that, that uh, sometimes those things that are convenient are the things that, that can hurt us and can cause us not, not only not to get a blessing, but not to be able to be the blessing that God wants us to be. Long and hard teaches lessons. Uh, easy and near uh, often don't. I heard someone, and I don't remember who it was, but within the last couple of weeks, someone made a, a comment. He said, you know, I really have learned almost no lessons from things that go well and things that go easy. But I've learned a ton of things through difficulty. I've learned a ton of things through problems. I've learned a ton of things through struggles. 
And that, that is, is so very, very true. And God knew that. And God knew what these people needed. Now, again, remember, they had spent years, over 400 years in captivity. And now they were being released and they were being let go, but they were weak. And now you say, yeah, well, if they're weak, you'd think he'd give them the easy stuff. No, because they were weak, he made it a little bit difficult. Now, not too difficult. We'll see that in just a minute. Uh, because he kept them away from the Philistines. And there was a reason for that. But, uh, but, but uh, the, that hardness and that longer road actually strengthened them. The whole purpose of the wilderness, uh, spending 40 years in the wilderness, was to strengthen them, not to, not to, not to beat them down. And so... Uh, Convenient isn't always what God wants. Uh, near and convenient or easy and convenient uh, often are not the choices that God wants us to make. The second thing is that they weren't ready for the Philistines. They weren't ready for war. And God makes that very, very clear in verse 17 where it says uh, uh, that God led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest peradventure the people repent when they see war and they return to Egypt. Now, eventually they were going to do some warring. Uh, they were going to take over the promised land, but they weren't ready yet. They weren't ready for that. And so God took them down a long road and took them down a little bit harder road, but it was a necessary road. Uh, they, they weren't equipped to, to fight in that battle yet. And a, a long journey they could handle. Uh, a war would have discouraged them. A war would have, would have uh, uh, caused them to want to quit, pack up, and go back to Egypt. And uh, God knew that. Now, now understand this, that uh, uh, you and I oftentimes, when things come into our lives, we, we, we'll have something that's difficult, something that's hard for us, uh, something that is very inconvenient come into our lives, we won't see the alternative. There very possibly was an alternative, and God knew what that alternative was. Knew we couldn't handle the alternative, but knew we could handle what he brought across our path. The scripture verse that we are quoting this month says, my grace is sufficient for thee. Uh, God, God knew that uh, even though he gave Paul a thorn in the flesh, that Paul could handle that with his grace and that Paul would be more humble before God because of that and, and would not allow pride to get in his heart. And so, so he, he gave him that. Now, in the case of the Apostle Paul, he had that insight and he knew the reason why the thorn came. You don't always know why the, the long and difficult road comes. We don't always have all the, all the information. But what we need to be doing is trusting the one who does have all the information. God's got it. He's got it all. When he wants us to know, he'll let us know. He might not ever let you know all the information. But understand that he can be trusted. And again, if it's a situation that is out of your hands, then it's God who's moving, it's God who's directing, it's God who's, who's, who's leading us. 
down that path. And let God make the choices. Uh, you know, realize that God's made those choices for a reason. You know, one of the, one of the things that is uh, comforting to me, the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked who can know it. And what that implies is that you can't even know your own heart. That's why the, it's so foolish, the advice, follow your heart. <laughs> That's the most wicked thing you could follow in the world. Uh, you don't want to follow your heart. You want to follow God. Uh, but uh, uh, the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? It implies that even you don't even know it. But it also implies something else. It's, it asks the question, who can know it? I know the answer to that. God. God knows it, okay? So if he knows it, then he knows what I need. I don't always like what he knows that I need, but he knows I need it. And so he allows these things to come into our lives because they're absolutely necessary. And, and again, uh, you don't know the alternative. Uh, the alternative for them would have been to go through the land of the Philistines and that could have been devastating. And God knew that. And God knew their hearts. He knew that they, they were weak. He knew they would have gotten discouraged. They would have packed their act. And many of them would have gone back uh, to, to, uh, to Egypt. And so don't second guess. Don't second guess the providence of God. Then the, the, the third thing, the third reason why, why God takes us off and down a long and a hard road God led uh, the nation of Israel uh, through the Red Sea and into the wilderness. He led them, as I said before, he basically led them to a dead end. You know, they, they had, they had uh, Pharaoh and his armies hot on their path, uh, and they were, they were breathing down their, the backs of their necks practically, and then they come up against the Red Sea. Now, why, why did he do that? Well, he knew what he was going to do. They didn't know, but he knew. And what he was going to do was to part the Red Sea, and he did. He parted the Red Sea, he dried the ground, and they went, they went through that thing on, on dry ground. The Bible says that the, uh, that the waters congealed. I, you know, I, I've got a, a wild mind sometimes, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it is, that they're going through there and they're touching that. I know I would have. And you know some of you would have, too. You wouldn't have just walked through there. You would have been touching the sides and, you know, wanting to know what's made of and why is it stopping. And it said it was congealed. So, you know, uh, there's always room for jello. So, uh, you know, then that, that, that's what I think of. Uh, and uh, and, and it, was, it was like jello. But here's the thing. In fact, I, I, I saw a, I don't think it was an advertisement, it was just an article just this week about a, a restaurant, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's in India, that is uh, underwater. And they've taken this, this thing and they've, they've built this thing under like 20 feet of water and it's all glass. And the people can sit there and eat, and just and basically they're eating inside of a huge, looking at a huge aquarium all around them. And there was all kinds of fish that were fl floating around. It was in a body of water. Um, 
I'm, I'm thinking as they're going through there, they're seeing the fish and they're seeing the, you know, the different things swimming through there. Um, you, know, you know what God did? God showed how powerful he was, but he did so by taking them down a rough road. He took them into a place that was a dead end. And their first reaction to that thing was to, to despair of their life because they thought for sure that this was the end. Uh, you've been there at some things like that where, where you've come up against what you thought was a dead end. Uh, you know, there have been times when you thought someone was going to die and they didn't and God brought them back and brought, God brought them back healthy. I mean, wh- why do those kind of things happen? To show that God is powerful. To show that God uh, knows what he's doing. And that, uh, that, that all power is given unto him in heaven and earth. Um, why, why is it that even after all of that, uh, God then led him into a wilderness? Why didn't he lead him into a place that, uh, you know, why didn't he lead him into something like the promised land to get him ready for the promised land? Why did he lead him into the wilderness? Well, in Scripture, wilderness uh, areas are a place of testing. He tested Israel in the wilderness. He tested the Lord Jesus Christ in the, in the wilderness. In fact, the Bible says that Christ was led by the Spirit uh, into the wilderness. And uh, that's where he was eventually tempted of Satan. But uh, if you'll take your Bibles and turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy 8. This is a special passage of Scripture that I can remember the very first time that I found it. It was like my eyes were opened, and, uh, and I said, that's why God led them through a wilderness. That's why those different needs popped up uh, and why there was trouble, uh, why they uh, ended up uh, not having water at times and not having food and uh, God had to bring down manna and so forth. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 8, and of course Deuteronomy is, is uh, God preparing the children of Israel to get ready to go into the promised land. And in, in Deuteronomy 8, the verses, well, let's read verses 1 through 3. It says, All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. So he's preparing them to go into the land. Verse 2, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee and to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. I find an interesting, an interesting phrase that's used in verse 3. It says, He humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger. And that was some painful time. They had to go through a little pain before they really appreciated what God did for them when he brought the manna. But notice there's, there's three things that he says that he did, or three purposes that he had in leading them in the wilderness. Number one was to humble them. 
Uh, we go through some, some tough times to, so that God can just remind us who we are and what our limitations are. Uh, have you, have you uh, ever found that there was a need that someone had, but you couldn't supply that need because of logistics, because of timing, whatever, and you felt absolutely helpless at that time? You ever felt like that? I felt like that. And, uh, you know, those kind of times are absolutely necessary in our lives. Because they're reminders of the fact that we're limited. Now, it also should remind us that God is not limited. Okay? And though I might not be able to, I might not be able to go down uh, to, and my wife and I go down to uh, minister to her sister who's down in Florida right now. She's just suffered a stroke. Uh, and I think it was, what, the day after Christmas, wasn't it, that she had it. Um, and I know that's frustrating on my wife. But she's still able to pray. And, the, and, the, and the, the God of her sister is her God, too. And she, she's, she's been praying, and we've been praying, and we're seeing results, okay? No, we're not down there. But God's down there, and God's taking care of that thing. Now, you know what that does? That humbles you. That kind of stuff humbles you, and it makes you realize who you are and the fact that you've got limitations and the fact that we desperately need to depend upon God. Second thing that it said that he took him into the wilderness for was to prove what's in your heart. Um, loyalty is not loyalty until it's tested. And whether it be loyalty to one another as human beings or whether it be loyalty between us and God, it, it, loyalty isn't loyalty until it's tested. And it's tested by difficult times and difficult situations. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it, it, God does that so that he sees how we're going to respond. How are we going to react? And it, uh, obedience is proved not when the sun's shining and you're on the mountaintop and everything's free and easy. Obedience is proved when it's hard to obey when it's difficult, when the situation is tough. And then the, 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 the last thing that he, he used the wilderness for is to prove his love and his care to them. And uh, he taught priorities. He taught them that the word of God was absolutely essential. And I can, I can take you back to many rough times in my life when uh, I found promises in the Bible. I found uh, some commands in the Bible. I found some things that I was doing wrong, and I found it in the Bible. And it, it helped me through those, those difficult times and those situations. Um, it, it, it really shows you that you have a God who cares for you. I'm, I'm sure that they, they understood that when they came up against the Red Sea, and there was nowhere to go. And then Moses Moses uh, lifts up his staff, and that, that, uh, that thing parted. Now, they know it wasn't Moses who parted the Red Sea. It was Moses' God that parted the Red Sea, and they knew that. You know why he did that? Because he loved those people, and he was going to take care of them, and he just proved it to them. You know, uh, he gave them, uh, uh, when they were running from Pharaoh's army, 
Uh, he gave them a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night and uh, led them uh, by those pillars. Uh, what was that? That was proof that God cared for them and that God loved them and that, that, uh, he, that he was showing them the way. And during that whole situation, just like the, the situation with Paul and the thorn of the flesh, uh, he, the, the God's grace was always sufficient, always sufficient. And uh, he carried him through. It, 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 his grace shows us uh, how, uh, how he can provide for us in rough and long situations. And he, he guides us every step of the way. Then the, the, the last reason why the, the, the road was long and the road was hard was because a, a long, hard road causes us to be harnessed. That's an unusual term to use uh, for the children of Israel. But look down in verse 18. But God led the people about uh, through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of, of, of Egypt. Um, shortcuts are the world's way of, of uh, getting us to do things the nice and the easy way. Uh, devil offered, for instance, he offered the kingdom early to the Lord Jesus during the temptation. He says, you just, you just bow down and worship me. And he says, I'll give you all the kingdoms now. And basically what he was saying was, you won't have to go to the cross. You don't have to go to the cross for this. Just, just get down on your knees one time and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. Well, that's not the way that God wanted him to go. And uh, the Lord Jesus knew that and he knew that the cross was absolutely necessary. Uh, faster isn't always better. Easier isn't always better. And the hard, long way, what it does is it, it, it teaches us to be dependent upon God. It teaches us to trust him. It teaches us that he can be trusted and that, that he knows what's best for us even when oftentimes we don't know ourselves. Uh, oftentimes uh, the permanent, the things that really matter, is sacrificed at the altar of the immediate and the easy. Uh, you see that uh, with, with uh, Jacob and Esau. Jacob was, had, had a, a bowl of pottage. He had a mess of pottage. And uh, Esau had just come out from the field and he was tired and he was hungry. And uh, he wanted to, to, to uh, have some of Jacob's pottage. And uh, he says, I'll tell you what, I'll give you my birthright for it. Well, that was the easy way to get it. That was the easy way to get fed, but it was not the right way to get fed. And, and uh, he, he showed what he valued by being willing to, to sell uh, something that was very, very valuable and very spiritually valuable uh, to the children of Israel, that, that birthright uh, as the firstborn, he was willing to sell that just for a mess of pottage. And uh, often that's, that's what we do. We sacrifice the permanent. We sacrifice the eternal. We sacrifice the things that are important uh, at the altar of, the, of that which is, is easy and quick and fast. Um, you think about this. When Jesus was, was uh, trying to get disciples, what was his sales pitch? You know, what was the, what was the thing that he said that, 
they had to do in order to be, what was he using to entice them? You know what he said? He said, deny yourself. <laughs> Say no to, to yourself. He says, uh, pick up your cross and follow me. The birds of the air have nests. The, uh, the foxes have holes, but I don't know where I'm laying down tonight. But deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Those are, those are all difficult things. They're not easy things. <laughs> those, those things would not necessarily entice people. And in fact, when you find that he laid that out to folks, many folks turned and went the other direction just because of that. Um, but understand that, that those things are necessary in order for us to get disciplined, for, in order for us to have those restraints put on our lives that uh, we might be able to serve him better. Uh, God didn't, didn't lead the children of Israel uh, down a, a short road, a near road, an easy road. He took them down a long road. He took, he took them down a hard road. He took them into the wilderness, not into a tropical place, but into the wilderness. Why? Because there were lessons that they had to learn. And, and uh, there, were, there were things, there were, uh, things that, that uh, needed to be taken care of in their lives before they could take the next step. And God used those hardships and used those difficulties on, the, on those roads in order to do it. The bottom line is when, when the long, hard road comes across our path, what do we need to do? Well, first of all, we need to realize that God's got a reason for it. And we might not know what in the world's going on, and there's been many times in my life when that's been the, been the case. God always knows, and none of it is by accident. It's all by purpose, and it's all by providence. And, and uh, so well, what do we need to do? Well, by faith, we need to thank God for the long road. We ought to thank the Lord for it. Israel's response was not a response of thankfulness. In fact, one of the things that characterized the wilderness, you know, it said that he, he, he took them through the wilderness to prove what was in their heart. Well, we saw what was in their heart. Griping, complaining, ungratefulness. Uh, I, have, I have watched what ungratefulness does in people's lives. I've seen what it's done in my life. At times when I have been ungrateful, I've seen what's done in other people's lives. I, I, I believe, I, I know some folks, one that I'm thinking of in particular, that because of ungratefulness, God took them home early. That's pretty serious. Well, you say, really, you think God do that? Listen, he did that to that generation, and, and that's why one of the reasons why they were 40 years of in the wilderness is because he had to weed out the older generation so the younger generation could go into the promised land because they were, they were so ungrateful. Uh, it didn't make any difference how often and how many times God took them through the, the rough roads and the long roads uh, and, and provided for them. Every time they came to a new situation, immediately the first thing they did was complain. Immediately, the first thing that they did is, ha is develop an attitude. Don't do that about the long road in your life. Don't do that about the rough times, the rough roads in your life. 
come to God and realize that there is a purpose and there is a plan. And not only is there a purpose and a plan, but those long, rough roads are necessary. Again, if they had gone the short way, they would have gone to where the, the Philistines were. They would have, they would have uh, had war with them. They would have been discouraged, and many of them would have gone back to Egypt. The long, rough road is part of God's plan. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we want to thank you for the lessons that we've learned this morning. I know that there are folks even under the sound of my voice this morning that are, have got some difficult situations in their lives and they're up against long roads or up against rough roads. And Lord, uh, I pray that you'd help them to see that not only is your grace sufficient, but uh, Father, your, your providence is always right. And if you've led them down that road, there's a reason for it. Oftentimes we feel so very helpless because there's nothing we can do. But that's a good position to be in. Because that means we're absolutely and completely and totally dependent upon you. Lord, please uh, speak to our hearts this morning. Maybe there are some things that need to be surrendered to you. Uh, maybe there's some attitudes that need to be changed. Maybe, maybe there just needs to be a gratefulness for the long and the rough roads that you have led us down. Father, I pray that you'd speak to hearts this morning. Have your will, have your way. And may you be pleased this morning by our hearts and our, our hearts' decisions. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.